Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overplayed by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Across the Pond's MLB podcast. The Yankees end their winning streak at 13 games, but don't make up any ground on the Tampa Bay Rays, who are smoking hot. The Mets continue to be the Mets, and we've got some love for good old Uncle Charlie on this episode. Stick around. Welcome to Across the Pond MLB Podcast, part of the Across the Pond Sports Network. Don't forget to check us out on social media and on our website, atpsports.net. Now over to your host of Across the Pond MLB Podcast. Tyler Small. Hello and welcome to Across the Pond Sports Podcast MLB Show. I'm your host, Tyler Small, and yet again, we had another great week of our favorite game. Five weeks. Just doing the math in my head right now, just a little under five weeks remain until we get to that end of September baseball. The season begins to change. The stakes get that much higher. Playoff baseball is ahead of us. It's coming soon, and there's still a lot to be figured out. Think about where we were just a couple of weeks ago with the standings and how much they have changed and how some seeds seem solidified while others a couple weeks ago were not even in question. It looked like it was going to be a three-team race out in the NL West. It doesn't even look like the Padres will make a playoff spot anymore, even though they were in contention at the beginning of the season to win the NL West. It's just one of the many little hiccups that we have seen over this past couple of weeks. But yet again, a lot of it stays the same at the same time. So staying at the same way at the same time, we're going to get right into what we do to start off every episode for the week. We are going to go around the diamond. So kicking it off as always, we're going to start right here on the East Coast with the NL East and the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves take two out of three from the San Francisco Giants, but get swept in two games by the New York Yankees. Austin Riley continues to swing a hot bat, a 435 batting average with a double and a homer and four RBIs. Jorge Soler, a 364 batting average with three homers, six ribbies. And Ozzie Albies, 346 with an 885 OPS. 
And Eddie Rosario in three games, he gets two hits with a triple and two RBIs amongst them. Now we look at the pitching staff. Yanoa's back for them, and he gives up five runs and 12 innings pitched over two starts. Ian Anderson also returning back. He goes 5.2 shutty over the span. A couple of big names coming back to their starting rotation. And then one for one in saves was Smith. Two innings pitched in two games over the span, only allowing one earned run. Then we go to the Phillies. They take three out of four from the Diamondbacks. Almost the ability to sweep and get that revenge from when they went over to Arizona. But then they get swept in two games by the Tampa Bay Rays. Leading the way, Bryce Harper, 462 batting average, five doubles, three homers, nine RBIs. He now has the top OPS in all of baseball, a one-dotter for the season. Didi Gregorius in five games had three doubles, four RBIs for a 368 batting average. JT Romuto finds him way on the injured list, but before that he hits 313 with a double and two RBIs, five walks to four strikeouts, and Brad Miller. Picking up some of the slack from some of the injuries we see there. He had a double, triple, two homers, five RBIs, 304 batting average. We look at the pitching staff, and once again, Kyle Gibson getting it done over there. Six innings pitched, three hits, zero earned runs. And one of the crazier stories still to the season, Ranger Suarez picks up two starts, 12 innings pitched over the span, two earned runs, despite giving up 11 hits and three walks, 12 strikeouts over the span. This is a closer a month ago, now he's a starter. Just put him in, he's going to pitch well. So now we move over to the Mets. We'll get more into them after this. But they take two out of three from the Nationals after getting swept by the Giants and finishing up their rough stretch on the West Coast. Look at the hitters first. And leading the way for the New York Mets was VR in five games, hitting 533 with a double, two doubles, a triple, and a homer for two RBIs. Pete Alonso, a 333 batting average. He's starting to swing it. He's only got one homer in the series, however, but putting a little contact on the ball. Kevin Pillar in three games hit 333, and Brandon Nimmo and Jeff McNeil both hit above the 250 clip with a couple of extra base hits. On the pitching staff, however, we had Edwin Diaz picking up the only save for them. He goes two innings pitched in two games without allowing a run. And the rest of the starting staff did struggle a little bit. Rich Hill and Marcus Stroman were the only two to allow two or fewer earned runs in their starts while at least going five innings pitched or more. Puki Carrasco, combined in two starts, gives up two earned runs and seven innings pitched. Then we go to the Nationals, one of three from the Marlins and then one of three from the Mets playing a couple of interleague foes. Alcides Escobar, a 385 batting average with a double and an RBI. Adams in five games, hitting a double as well. Josh Bell, 360 batting average with three homers. And Berea, 333 batting average in his first three games up with the club, major league level. And for the pitching staff, we look at Eric Fetty, who had a pretty decent couple of starts, 11 and two-thirds, only giving up six earned runs. Not especially what you want to see out of them, but considering they are all guys fighting for those spots. The only better start, only having one star, however, Espino, Five innings pitched, one earned run. Then we'll finish it up with the Marlins. Two out of three from the Reds, and then they go two out of three from the Nationals as well. De La Cruz leading the way with a 556 batting average. They just keep continuing to have guys come up through their farm system and excel at this level. They are going to be a fun team to watch. Jorge Alfaro the same way, six games, 375 batting average, two doubles, and a home run. Ryan Anderson, a 353 batting average over the span, a double, a homer, three RBIs. Jesus Aguilar, 
still one of the top amongst RBI getters in the league. He picks up six over the week. And then for the pitching staff, Jesus Lazardo continues to pitch pretty well there. Ten and two-thirds, five earned run and two starts. Sandy Alcantara goes seven innings, pitch one earned run on six hits while striking out 12. And Thompson, the same way, one earned run over five innings pitched in his lone start of the week. Now we kick it on over to the Brew Crew in the Central. Still leading the way, are you even surprised as they continue to play a great product of baseball? One of three from the Twins and then two of three from the Reds, winning the games that matter. Jace Peterson, a 333 batting average, two doubles, two RBIs. Pena, a 333 batting average as well, alongside Christian Yelich potentially getting the bat back. He had four doubles and two ribbies over that span with only four strikeouts to four walks. Colton Wong, the same way, and Rowdy Telez, a 240 batting clip. However, they both had three extra base hits apiece. Then at this phenomenal pitching staff, to say the least, Corbin Burns, 5 and runs, 12 innings pitched over two starts. Brian Anderson, one of the guys that gets sneaky put under the rug, three earned runs in five innings pitched. Ashby, a guy they are really excited about. If you haven't seen him yet, look him up. A lefty with disgusting stuff, two earned runs over five innings pitched. And then good old Corbin Burns, six innings pitched, shut out. Don't forget about him. Let me go. We look over to the Reds. They had a chance to possibly make up some ground and aren't able to do so. Only going two and six over the span. One of three from the Marlins, one of three from the Brewers. Look at it offensively, not a ton of production there. Tyler Naquin, 348 batting average, two doubles, a homer, and two RBIs over the span. Tucker Barnhart, a 308 batting average in just four games with a double. And Mike Moustakas and Nick Castellanos had three combined homers, I should say, excuse me. Best starting lines, we had two shutout performances for the only two wins of this one. Sonny Gray went six innings pitch shutout, and then Wade Miley, seven innings pitch shutout, only allowing six hits and one walk, as Sonny Gray walked two and struck out six. Luis Castillo and Miley go 14 strikeouts each over this band. Let me go to the Cardinals, trying to make up some ground as well, trying to stay alive, really struggling to do so. They split a two games series with the Tigers, and then it split a four-game series with the Pirates, two teams that you got to get those wins from. Tommy Edmond led the way with a 4-14 batting average, three doubles, two home runs, 10 ribbies. Sosa, a 4-21 batting average, one double, two triples, three homers, seven RBIs, not to laugh at either. Paul Goldschmidt and Adam Wainwright both at 313. We'll talk about Wayno in just a second as well. Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill, 235 and 240 batting average, respectively, two doubles and a homer for Carlson. And we look at the pitching staff as well. Adam Wainwright, seven innings pitch shutouts, the stuff he has done lately, we will talk about soon. It cannot be looked over. He's been one of the main reasons they're still in it. Another reason, Kim having a great season as well, six to two-thirds, one earned run in his start. And Jay Happ, ever since the trade, still doing well, two earned runs in five and two-thirds. Now let's look at the Cubs, one of three from the White Sox, and then swept by the Rockies. Look at the hitting lines first. Jason Hayward, 500 batting average, two doubles, two RBIs. Ian Happ, three doubles, two homers, six RBIs, a one dot OPS. Patrick Wisdom getting himself into the Rookie of the Year conversation. Five homers over the week, 10 RBIs for his 20, excuse me, six hits, 21 bases. He's pretty much up there with Jonathan India just with half the games, but still in those total base stats, that is definitely something to look at. Alec Mills shoved in this one. Eight in the third innings pitched, only allowing four hits, zero earned runs, two walks to three strikeouts. 
Love that soft contact right there. Zach Davies had a decent start, four and two thirds, allowing two earned runs, kept their team in it for the win. And the rest of it, not much to write home about. And then we finish it off with the Pirates. They split a four game set with the Cardinals and then took two and three from the Diamondbacks. A good week for them. Colin Moran in seven games had a 400 batting average with a double and a homer and four RBIs. Defoe, 417 batting average, all singles, two RBIs. Then Jorge Polongo and Yoshi Susugo in 12 combined games, both hit 400 apiece. Susugo, three home runs, eight RBIs, one of them a walk-off winner for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Wasn't a lot of good pitching out of this except for Brubaker, who went five innings pitch shutout. And Wilson, who went five innings pitch, only allowing two earned runs in his start. Then, let's go to the Wild Wild West, and once again, the best team in all of freaking baseball, the San Francisco Giants. They only take one out of three from the Braves, but two out of three from the Mets, and continue to just win. Brandon Belt in four games at a 438 batting average with a double, two homers, three RBIs. Darren Ruff at 333 batting average alongside Webb in his one game with one double, two RBIs. Chris Bryant, a 308 batting average, double, two home runs. He took a couple days on the IL, but he returned back to action, thankfully. And Flores and Long both had a 250 batting average over the span. Look at starting pitching. Johnny Cueto going four and two-thirds innings pitched, scoreless. And Kevin Gossman, two earned runs over six innings pitched. And Webb going seven innings pitched, shut out as well. And we go out to the Dodgers. They take one out of three from the Rockies and swept the Padres. No matter how good they play, the Giants continue to stay out of the way as well. This was a good chance for them to make up some ground, however, except unable to win the series against the Rockies. Will Smith, a 500 batting average, four homers, six RBIs out of the catching position. How do you like that? Trey Turner got his pitching debut and has a zero ERA now, but alongside that, he had a 310 batting average over the week with two doubles, a homer, two RBIs. Corey Seager's trying to get back into game action, 217 batting average, two doubles, a home run, and then everyone else from there. Feel how you feel about batting average. I just do it as the quickest way to get these out in a timely manner, but everyone else hit below 200 over the span. Urias goes 11 innings pitch in his two starts, two earned runs. He is having such a special season that nobody seems to talk about because he is just in the mix of so many great pitchers. The final out of the World Series last year, Walker Bueller, he's getting plenty of attention. He deserves a six and two thirds innings pitch, zero earned runs on three hits. Max Scherzer, seven and two thirds, two hits, zero earned. He continues to shove in the new change of scenery. Padres, on the other hand, they get swept by the Dodgers in ugly fashion and split a two-game set with the Angels. 364 batting average was the best average for anyone. It was from Will Myers over the four games with just a double and an RBI for a 954 batting average. Everyone following had a very low OPS. Jerkson Profar had a 1.25 in three games. They were all singles basically at a 333 batting average and one homer. Machado, Tatis, Grisham, all sub-600 in the OPS category after mostly from that Dodgers series, to say the least. You Darvish trying to turn it around a little bit. He goes four earned runs and six innings pitched. Joe Musgrove, nine innings pitched, zero earned runs. He gets the complete game. He shoved in that one. And then 
Blake Snell, seven and two thirds innings pitch, one of the deepest games he's went in a while. One earned run on three hits. When we look at the Rockies, two of three from the Dodgers. That was a pretty big win for them. This home Rockies team is tough to beat. And then they take one of three from the Cubs because then they leave the confines of their stadium. CJ Crone, a 346 batting average, two doubles, three home runs, five RBIs. Randall Tapia, a 333 batting average with a double. And Hampson, a 267 batting clip, but he brought in three runners on three RBIs. And six RBIs was for Connor Joe, who only had one homer. We look at the pitching staff, Kyle Freeland, six innings pitched, two earned runs. Aaron Gomber, one of the bigger names we always talk about, the only one that was MLB ready in this Arenado trade. He goes five and two-thirds, only allowing two earned runs. When we look at the save opportunities, one for two was Estevez in his chances. Then we finish it up with the Diamondbacks. They take one of four from the Phillies and then one of three from the Pirates. 450 batting average for the freight train, David Peralta. One double, two RBIs, two walks to four strikeouts. Patel Marte continued to swing it. He wanted to get traded, still there. 310 batting average, three homers, nine RBIs. Nick Ahmed, homer, five RBIs, to so a 269 batting average. And Estrubal Cabrera, 267 batting average, a double, three ribbies. You've been listening to Across the Pond MLB Podcast. Please follow, rate, and review our podcast and check out atpsports.net to see the guests we have coming up and keep checking back to listen to our latest episodes. We look at the pitching staff for those guys in Arizona. Zach Gallen, five innings pitched, zero earned runs, two unearned, I should say, however. You don't always see that, but it's the worst team in baseball. Clark. On the same way, goes five innings pitched, two earned runs over the span, and everyone else that was a starting pitcher gave up at least five or more earned runs. And there was only one reliever, and that was Faria, who went four games without allowing a run. Now let's flip it over to the American League, and as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, the Rays continue to win baseball games. They sweep the Orioles, take care of business, and then sweep the Phillies in a two-game set. They were on a little nine-game here of their own. It's thanks to Joey Wendell, one of the sneaky best third basemen in all of baseball, at least in the American League. One double, two homers, seven RBIs. Yandy Diaz, a 368 batting average, two doubles, two RBIs. Wander Franco extends his on-base streak to 31 games. Just trails Frank Robinson for the most of all time for somebody 22 ages or younger. Unbelievable run for the top prospect in all of baseball. Kevin Kiermaier, 294 batting average, two doubles. And Randy Arozarena, one homer, four RBIs to a 250 batting clip. And we look at the pitching. Chris Archer coming back for them, two earned runs, four innings pitched. Shane McClanahan, two earned runs and six innings pitched. And then one earned run for both Patino, Rossman, and Waka. As Ryan Yarbrough gives up two earned runs and four innings pitched. That is just an unbelievable line for all of them collectively. Let me look at the Yankees. They split a four-game series with the A's, but they swept Braves in two games. Leading the way offensively, Aaron Judge starting to sneak his way into the second place or MVP votes category because nobody's going to be able to touch Shohei, unfortunately. He goes 467 over the span, three doubles, two homers, eight RBIs. Following the way, Giancarlo Stanton, a 370 batting average, five homers, nine RBIs, including one of the longest balls hit ever in the Coliseum. Velasquez is still up there and still doing a 250 batting average, three doubles, 
over the span. And then Anthony Rizzo, the only other to bat above 200 over the span. He had a 222 batting clip with two doubles, two RBIs. Look at the pitching staff. Jordan Montgomery, two starts, 11 innings pitched, one earned, while allowing eight hits. Garrett Cole went six innings, pitched shutout. He had to really grind through that one. Nestor Cortez, three earned runs and five and a third innings pitched. Corey Kluber came back to the mound. He was good at the beginning and then got roughed up by the end. Look at the Red Sox now, two of three from the Indians and the Twins. Bobby Dahlback led the way at 438 batting average, one double, four homers, nine RBIs. Alex Verdugo, 419 at the same span, two doubles, one homer, five RBIs. This Red Sox team is getting back on track. Watch out from below, Yankees. Hunter Renfro, 357 batting average, three homers, six ribbies. Kike Hernandez, two homers, three RBIs. Two homers for Kyle Schwarber as well. Three homers for Devers. Two homers for Travis Shaw. And the only two were J.D. Martinez and Xander Bogarts, who only had one. A little bit of off weeks for them, to say the least. Just mashing the ball this week. Nathan Avaldi continues to shove. 12 and a third innings pitch, two earned runs on 10 hits, just allowing one homer. Tanner Hook trying to get his name into the Rookie of the Year conversation. This won't help it. Six earned runs, 10 innings pitched. Chris Sale, five and a third, two earned runs. Blue Jays take two of three from the Tigers and one of three from the White Sox. Still playing some pretty good ball. George Springer, thankfully, back in his first game. He picks up a hit, so he's 500. Vladimir Guerrero, 375 batting average, one double, two homers, six RBIs. Reese McGuire, 357 with a double. Rod Dyson getting a little bit of run with them at 333 batting clip alongside Valera, Dickerson, and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. as Gurriel had a homer and an RBI. And we look at the pitching staff. 12 and a third innings pitched, three earned runs for Alec Manoa, one of their top prospects, continuing to do it at the top level. Robbie Ray, we'll talk about him in a little anecdote in just a bit. 14 innings pitched, three earned runs, 24 strikeouts in two games. And then we'll finish it up with the Orioles swept by the Rays. And they take two of three from the Angels. Austin Hayes, a 455 batting average, three doubles, one triple, one homer, five RBIs. Stewart had a double and a homer for eight total bases. Mateo and Mountcastle both hit, both hit 357. Four homers for Ryan Mountcastle, however. Anthony Santander, a 346 batting clip. Three doubles, two home runs. Pedro Severino and Urias both hit 318 as well. For the pitching staff, seven innings pitched, one earned runs for Akeem. Matt Harvey goes six innings pitched, three earned runs, four hits. And John Means, six and a third, two earned for his individual pitching line. Now let's move over to the Central. The Chicago White Sox still really don't have to play for anything. They pretty much have a guy locked up. But they take two series from teams they should beat. Two of three from the Cubs and two of three from the Blue Jays. Yasmani Grandal comes back and he just goes back to doing his freaking thing. One double, three homers, 500 batting average, 10 RBIs, a 1.9 OPS in his first three games back. Luis Robert, a 440 batting clip, two doubles, three home runs. Yohan Moncada, a 429 batting average, three ribbies. Jose Abreu, first one to 100 ribeyes, three doubles, two home runs. We look at Dylan Cease, who goes two starts, 13 innings pitched, two earned runs. Alongside Lucas Giolito, who gives up one and runs in six innings pitched. Carlos Rodon, five innings pitched, two earned runs as well. 
as we look at the bullpen. Still trying to figure it out is Craig Kimbrell, even though they have two of the best in the game. So he gives up four and runs in three innings pitch, but at the same time, Liam Hendricks, one for one in save opportunities with one earned run in three appearances. Then we go to the Indians. They take one of three from the Red Sox and two of three from the Rangers. Chang in four games led the way with two doubles, three homers, five RBIs. Framil Reyes, a 389 batting average, two doubles, two home runs, five RBIs, and a really special home run hit for a family battling with cancer we'll talk about in a little bit. Jose Ramirez, a 381 batting average, one double, two home runs, five RBIs. Oscar Mercado, a 375 batting average with a homer. Austin Hedges, two homers, two RBIs, two walks to four strikeouts. Johnson and Zimmer both hit above the 333 batting clip as well in five games apiece. For the pitching staff, six innings pitched, one earned run was the line for Logan Allen. As Zach Plesak goes two earned runs in five and two-thirds innings pitched and one earned run in seven innings pitched for Cal Quantrill, who continues to play some really good ball. And we go to the Tigers. They take one of three from the Blue Jays and split a two-game series with the Cardinals. The other way is Victor Reyes, a 400 batting average with a double and a homer and one RBI. Castro, a 313 batting average with a double and two ribbies. Miguel Cabrera, 300 batting average, a homer, two RBIs, and a double. Candelario, three doubles, one homer, most extra base hits for the entire team, despite them being his only hits. Casey Mize, number one pick, goes two starts, 11 innings pitched. Three earned runs on eight hits with six punch-outs. Tariq Skubal, five innings pitched, two earned runs, ten punchies. Tyler Alexander getting some work back at the start of the rotation. Four innings pitched, two earned runs. Then we go to the Royals. They take three of four from the Mariners, playing spoiler with them and their playoff hopes, and one of three from the Astros. Higgy Lopez, a 400 batting average over the span with two ribbies. But then Salvador Perez finds his way into second place in the American League home run race with six homers, 14 RBIs over the span for a 455 batting average, one dot slugging, giving him a 1.455 OPS. Whip Merrifield, a 323 batting average with four doubles, a triple, two homers for a one dot OPS of his own. Michael A. Taylor, a 308 batting average, a double, and a homer, trying to develop some pop for his amazing defensive attributes. Two starts for Dylan Lynch, who goes nine and two-thirds innings pitched, two earned runs allowed. Alongside Brad Singer, who only allowed two earned runs, despite six runs in total, so four of them unearned. 11 innings pitched over his two. And Bubik and Keller go four and a third, only allowing two runs for that pitching staff trying to develop. Then we finish off with the Twins. Every time I do this and I put the Twins down at the end, it's just still mind-boggling to me. Just Always one every season. They will be great next year. Mitch Garver letting the way with a 500 batting average and a double. Josh Donaldson, a 444 batting clip with three doubles, four homers, eight RBIs. He's sneaky having a really good season. Andrelton Simmons and Kepler both hit 316 over the span. Kepler had two doubles and a triple to his name. And we look at the pitching staff, 11 innings pitched for Uber, with two earned runs allowed. Albers goes five and a third innings pitched scoreless. And Alcalala goes three innings pitched scoreless as well in his two appearances from the bullpen, getting some production from the pitching staff from some guys hopefully coming up through their system. That could be a force in the future. 
Now let's finish it in the Lone Star State with the Houston Astros. They take two of three from the Rangers and the Royals, so they just continue to also not really have any pressure coming up from behind. As the Athletics finally start to win, but really no harm, no foul there. Kyle Tucker, six games, 450 batting average, two doubles, a triple, two RBIs. Alex Bregman, a 357 batting average with a double and an RBI. Guriel and Myers both hit 321 over the span. Three doubles for Guriel, two doubles for Myers, but Myers wins in RBIs with five. And then Jones in three games gets three doubles, one per game. Look at the pitching staff now. Three for three and saves Ryan Presley. He's sneaky having a really good season, and that's going to be a force to reckon with come playoff time in about a month. 11 and two-thirds innings pitch, just two earned runs and two starts for Garcia. As McCullers goes four earned runs and two innings, or excuse me, 6.2 innings pitch. And Valdez, two earned runs and seven innings pitch in his start this series. Then we go to the Athletics. As I mentioned, they took two of two from the Yankees. Two for two from the Yankees, I should say. And they swept a two-game series from the Mariners. Tony Kemp had a great series. 462 batting average, a double, a homer, which was a go-ahead homer to win it. Three RBIs. He was the only player to hit above 286 for the rest of his team. Mitch Moreland was the closest competitor to him in just two games. He had one RBI on two singles. So Tony Kemp was really doing the heavy carrying for them. But the only run production came from Matt Chapman, who had two homers throughout the Yankees series. We look at the pitching staff. Blackburn had a phenomenal start. Two starts to put him together. Ten and two-thirds innings pitched, two earned runs, and just one homer. Swerving Irvin goes three innings pitched, allowing three earned runs. And then seven innings pitched, shutout for Frankie Montes. Now we go to the Mariners. We mentioned they were getting some huge series wins to try and stay alive in this race. This did not help their chances. They get swept by the A's in two games and then take one of four from the Royals. A one-win week is not what you can have in the cards if they want to still take a wild-card spot. Torrens led the way with a 350 batting average, four doubles, seven RBIs. Bowers a 333 batting average with two ribbies. Jake Fraley a three RBIs, courtesy of one homer and one double on a 333 batting average. And Toro a 300 batting average with a double. Flexing goes three earned runs and 12 innings pitched for two of his starts. Gilbert gives up four earned runs and five innings pitched. And Kikuchi the same way, four earned and five innings for the starter. The Angels split a two-game series with the Padres and then go one of three from the Orioles. Brandon Marsh really coming to form after getting the call a little bit earlier. 522 batting average over the span, one double, one homer, seven RBIs. Juan Lagares, 375 batting average with triple and a homer with five ribbies. Jared Walsh and Joe Adele both want two homers apiece. Joe Adele also a triple and a double to his name over the span. For the pitching staff, not much to write home about. The longest appearance we saw from anyone throughout the span was six and a third from Guerra, who gave up six earned runs. Otani went five innings, pitched four earned runs. We can talk about Otani for, Otani for however long. Well, this is the first time all season we've really seen him, quote unquote, slump, to say the least. He still has, he has a 650 OPS over the span, but just considering him, just so much less than what we were used to. And then to finish it all up, 
One of three from the Astros and Indians go the Texas Rangers. Andy Abanez, a 4.58 batting average, three doubles, a homer, three RBIs. Nate Lau, 3.87 batting average, four doubles, one homer, five RBIs. Two homers for Nick Solak with six RBIs. And then a 3.50 batting average for Martin alongside Hernandez with 3.33. For the pitching staff, Taylor Hearn goes 11 and two-thirds innings pitched, allowing five earned runs. And a little bit less than that will be Lance, who gives up three earned runs in four and two-thirds innings pitched. Greg Otto goes five innings pitched, shut out. So plenty just thrown at you, obviously. A lot happened over the weeks, but I think the number one takeaway that we got to start with was the unbelievable run that the Yankees went on that was basically erased by this Rays little win streak. They now extend it to nine games in a row. They take care of some teams. I mean, against the Orioles this season, 19 games. They finish it off. That's how you usually do against your in-division opponents. 18-1. and one. For anyone that's on the outside looking in about baseball, it's easy to think, okay, yes, you have to beat the worst teams, obviously, in the heat of the run, obviously. The Golden State Warriors were able to beat anyone that was remotely abundant, like the Detroit Pistons or something like that, just trying to think of overlapping times. But that never happens in baseball. The Rays, however, just able to do it wholeheartedly. Like, that's the difference maker between... Letting a team that is red hot behind you catch up and make up any ground, despite them actually losing ground as soon as they start losing to the Athletics, which to go to them as well, they ended this streak despite in a crazy game to say the least. They had a lot of funny business going on with a couple of missed calls and this, that, and the next thing. But to end that losing streak and to stay alive because they were starting to stumble a little bit, two and ten over their last twelve before that win. That was a huge notch to not only for their own sake, but to get the Yankees to finally calm down. And now they need to correct it because they're in the middle of a West Coast trip. So it's going to be very interesting to see that. And it's also going to be very interesting to see this Red Sox team who seems to finally be heating back up and swinging the stick at a better level. Starting to get some production from their guys, especially Bobby Dahlbeck. If he could finally figure it out, that was somebody... He was a big factor in the reason that they went out and got Kyle Schwarber to try and get a little bit of extra help for somebody that could potentially play first base at all. So if they can get production out of him already alongside having Schwarbo, who can hit a couple of bombs for them, he could potentially save their surge to try and stay in the playoff race. And then when it comes to playoff chances, I mean, the Central's pretty much locked up as you look at it. The Reds are just trying to make a push, and that hurts a lot to try and get that ability to take that next step up obviously you have a little bit of losing in front of you You could say that for the Reds and you can say that for the Dodgers this past week the Dodgers got to take care of business against the Rockies I know the Rockies are a different team at home but that is your one chance there was a since the end of the all-star break there has been just six times all season that the Giants lost and the Dodgers won for a chance to make up games Eight times it happened where the Giants won and the Dodgers lost. So they have made up zero ground over this Giants team. They are still the best team in baseball. They're up to 85 wins now, surpassing easily in stride what they were projected to get at the start of the season. It's been unbelievable what they're doing, but those are two teams that need to lessen that gap, that need to take that next stride and surpass potentially or make up some ground at least to get to that 
two to three game margin, especially if you're talking about a wild card. You're not playing the Padres much more. And the Padres are giving you a lot of benefits as they are in a slide right now, even worse than the Athletics were. So any opportunity that you get to try and take those strides, you absolutely need to pounce on. And then I'm beating around the bush, obviously, because I just want to come back to this NL East, and we have to talk about the New York Mets and the story that's coming out right now. Obviously, I always record these on Monday, so it's August 30th right now. There's probably a lot that has changed since then already since you're probably listening to this but the New York Mets started a downward thumb sort of rallying cry you know celebration when they get on second stuff like that they've been doing it for weeks apparently really and they are not the first to do it the Yankees did it in years past but that was because of a much different case scenario and it very easily could have just been a rallying cry a sort of us against the world trying to utilize like this team mentality rah-rah mentality that a lot of teams like to do which would have been fine but instead Javier Baez comes out and talks about how it is due to the fans needing to quote be better for them to necessarily not be fans and how the booing has been enough so they are actually booing the fans whenever they do something positive just the worst headline you could have and then right away Sandy Ant Anderson, excuse me, the president of all decision-making, an important person for the Mets, to say the least, comes out directly and obviously has to take the sides of the fans. The fans pay the con- they pay for all of this. We wouldn't have sports if it wasn't for fans, obviously. If it wasn't for bozos like me hopping on a headset and talking to nothing for 40 minutes. Just to talk about the game that we love. It's a nice distraction. And it's just obviously... Not the thing you want to be saying, especially from a star player like this, especially a player that's going into free agency. Not something that you want to see. Javier Baez, El Mago will be El Mago, obviously, but definitely not the brightest thing that he could have said. It's a fun rallying cry, and everyone else was very political about it and just, you know, saying it's fun inside the clubhouse, stuff like that. That's where it should say it's very similar to the move that we saw Francisco Lindor and Jeff McNeil talk about with the rat or mouse in the locker room and stuff like that i mean the mets just have millions upon millions of stories around this all the time and it always just seems to happen to this team more than anyone else wholeheartedly so hopefully they're able to figure it out but if they just get another off the field issue interfering with their potential to win down the stretch it's going to be all bad news for this club but instead of talking about bad news let's talk about some of the top performances that came from these past couple weeks and initially before heading into the episode recording of this i was ready to talk to you about adam wainwright first but instead of this we got to talk about salvador perez he surpasses vladimir guerrero who is the only one that holds a candle at a chance of taking shohei otani's throne and he would have to really fall off these past these next couple of weeks for that to even be a conversation shohei otani's got it in the bag he joins the 40 20 club just the fifth foreign player, first Japanese player to ever do so. Salvador Perez now sits with 38 home runs on the season. He's got a home run in his last five games in a row, six of his last seven. Over that same span of 10 games, he has 10 home runs. He's just been hitting the snot out of the ball, obviously. 11 for his last 11 games. It just keeps continuing. He has just been swinging an incredible bat. They got him 
for such a cheap deal at the beginning, pay him off, and it looks like it's just supposed to be like a finish your career with us. We want you to ride off into the sunset. Not as extreme as some of these Miguel Cabrera deals, who is now starting to turn around as he's having a good season now. We're starting to work his way back up to a good season, I should say. <clears throat> Salvador Perez instead just basically wins them a series against a Mariners team who we don't really talk about them because they're basically on the outside looking in and the distance is getting further. They take three out of four from the Mariners. I know the Royals aren't playing for anything, but they're still going to play. And it, they basically won that series thanks to Salvador Perez playing out of his mind. Over that 11-game stretch that I was just talking about with his massive homers, eight home runs over his last 10 games will go with, a little shorter sample size, 324 batting average, 405 on-base percentage. He doesn't walk a ton either. He's a very contact-based guy. Over that span, he only had five walks compared to eight strikeouts. A 9.73 slugging percentage, a 1.378 OPS. This is for a 31-year-old catcher. He had a little bit of time off, obviously, with injuries this past couple of seasons. But 31 years old, still catching all the time. He's played 129 games, making 130s. He's playing tonight. So he is just still continuing to do it. And it has been unbelievable. He's done it with grace, obviously. And then as we talk about doing it with grace, we can talk about the 40-year-old. During 40 years old today, Adam freaking Wainwright for the Cardinals. What he has done this year has been nothing short of spectacular. As he has just been continuing to fling it. He's gotten two straight games shutout appearances. 15 innings pitched combined. In his last four starts, so he continues to go deep, going back to that complete game that I talked about a couple weeks ago. Four-game start, 3-1 over the stretch is his team. A .6 ERA. This is all but one start that he has this entire month. Opponents are hitting 154 batting average, 221 slugging, 30 innings pitched, two earned runs, 25 strikeouts to three walks, and one hit batter. That is just next-level stuff from your ace. That's what you're expecting out of Jack Flaherty this season. Adam Wainwright in his 40-year-old season is just putting it together with Yadier Molina behind him. It's like it's 2010 all over again. Or you pick the year with this amazing dynasty that St. Louis brought out. Adam Wainwright just continues to do it. It's unbelievable, and he's keeping them in the playoff race, which we will most certainly be keeping you up to date with. As we come along, we see you getting closer. We'll be one week closer. I'm sure a lot will change. Everything I said this past week won't mean anything by then. So I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for listening to us today on the Across the Pond MLB podcast. Any suggestions, comments, questions, guests, interviews, whatever, we would love to have them all on, considered, thought of. So definitely send them our way. And just thank you for being active listeners and listening. Love you all. Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.